0: Hi, friends. Happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Hey, if you get a chance and can rate and review our show, that would be so, so helpful. And share it with your friends. You're especially going to want to share today's episode. We've got a great show for you, especially on a Monday after we've had a football Sunday. We get to talk to Sam Acho. His new book, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes, releases tomorrow, October 13th. I think you're going to love it. Y'all are going to absolutely adore this show. But before we jump in today, I want to tell you about one of our amazing partners, BetterHelp. It's no secret around here that I am a believer in counseling. You'll hear Sam say the same. I've been seeing my counselor for just a little over seven years. Yes, like common law, I know. And y'all have heard me talk about her a million times. I'm just so grateful for the difference it's made in my life. For those times when you feel stuck or anxious or just need someone to help you process what's going on in your heart and mind, BetterHelp is such a great resource. BetterHelp will assess your needs and then match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And once you're matched, you've connected with the counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. The thing I really love about BetterHelp is that since it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and you can schedule video or phone sessions, they really have solved all the obstacles that you guys usually say to me about why you're not choosing counseling. They even have financial aid available. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, really anything. And whatever you share with them is completely confidential. You've heard me say it before, but I think prioritizing your mental and emotional health really matters. I want you to start living a more full life today as one of our friends here at That Sounds Fun. You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash That Sounds Fun. Join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash That Sounds Fun. And speaking of fun, here's my conversation with our good friend and author of Let the World See You, Sam Acho. Okay. For starters, Sam, acho, acho, what happens?
1: Acho, acho. So it's like nacho without the N, or maybe you could say like macho without the M. That yeah, you should go
0: super. with macho without the M. That's excellent.
1: <laughs> right. Well, well, the funny thing is a couple of years ago, I did a, like a Super Bowl commercial just with some friends, not even like really on the Super Bowl, but we called it achos uh, nachos. So this <laughs> company we made. And so I do, I do have an affinity towards nachos, though they're probably not the best thing to eat if you're a, a pro athlete.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, this is going to surprise you. I've never been a pro athlete, but <laughs> I have heard that nachos, like on the regular, probably isn't the best. Every now and again, but just on the regular, it isn't the best.
1: Oh, no.
0: Okay, here's my first question. I'm just going to jump right in on a personal question. I'm stalking your Instagram, mm. and I can't tell how big your family is. <laughs> I, your, your wife, your kids, there's... What's the thing here? Do y'all have like some like boundaries on your family life versus your public life? I'm super interested about what you choose to share and what you don't choose to share.
1: I'll tell everyone anything at any time. That's just how I've always been. Uh, but so I'm super diverted and out there. And hey, if you want to know, I'll tell you, I really don't care. But I'm learning so, what well, people don't know. My wife, my wife is from Nigeria. And okay. that's, that's just one piece about her. But she's also very, I don't know if private's the word, but she's like, I could meet somebody at the gas station and we would literally become best friends, Uh like literally like pumping gas. Right. Whereas, whereas, but then like, I won't talk to them after like a couple months or years. But whereas my wife, like she's very intentional with kind of like, what she sh- shares and who she shares it with and all the things like, and even with the friends that she picks, it's very like, she's one of those friends where if you're friends with her, y'all are friends for life. Yeah. That's just how she is where I'm very much like, Hey, we will hang out today and maybe I'll see you in a couple of years. Maybe I won't. Uh, <laughs> right. And so, and, so uh, and anyway, so with social media, I try to be, and I haven't really asked her specifically, can I share this? Can I share that? Sometimes I do, but with, with her, I don't, I'm not, I'm not always just flaunting her for likes per se. Like I love her. Yeah. And so there, uh, there's a deal where we did a, uh, it was during quarantine. We were doing church or Like we would do church every Sunday at the house. That's yeah. kind of what we did. And yeah. so I remember posting, I had some videos we were recording and asked, hey, can you cool if I post some of this stuff? And she, so this is all on me, right? She said, yeah, you can post some of them, but not all the stuff like where I'm just straight up worshiping. I don't want, I don't need the world seeing me sure. worship, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm getting a lot of likes. So I posted the one that she didn't want me to post. <sighs> oh boy. And, and so that was with, that's like with that piece. And then even with kids, like I usually post kids stuff, but then also, I don't know. I've got some friends who don't post a lot of their kids on social and there's some creeps out there. And so I kind of try to be a little bit careful. But if it were up to me, like I'm showing everybody everything, but I'm trying to be wise with putting my kids out there and my, and my life out there.
0: Yeah, I just was, I, I'm so interested in that because I would imagine so many, and I, because I'm not married and don't have kids yet, I don't experience it with husband and kids, but I do experience it in dating or yeah. watching my friends and their families trying to sort out like one spouse is down with this and the other spouse is not. And so, yeah. so th- to me, it sounds like what you're saying is like, there's not these hard set rules in your family, but there's conversations whenever there needs to be.
1: Yeah. And more than anything, I think it's more of a respect thing. Like you said, in dating relationships or any kind of relationships, right? Friendships, whatever it is, it's a respect thing. I remember uh, just people are different, right? And so some people want to show and share everything. Other people are more private. And so I'm just learning that just because I think every, everybody needs to know every little detail, that doesn't mean that that's actually the case. And so, and that, so that's what I'm learning. But early on, I mean, I was a dude post it's in our wedding pictures, look at our <laughs> vacation or whatever. And it's like, all right, dude, like you need to chill. Like I don't need, you know what I mean? So, so yeah.
0: Okay. Tell me so how no you met a wife from Nigeria.
1: Yeah. So my wife and I, we met, so I met doing medical missions trips. So anybody who's listening, who loves Jesus and wants to go serve in Nigeria right now, I'm kidding. Yeah. But uh <laughs> I'm, we met, we literally met doing medical mission trips. So my wife was, was born and raised in Nigeria and I my parents are are Nigerian. And so we would go every summer and do medical mission work out there and I actually met because she, I met her because she was, we were both about 15 years old at the time, but she was actually oh taking care gosh. of my grandmother. Yeah. She oh was taking care gosh. of my grandmother. So she had moved from the city she was living in, uh, in Nigeria to the village to help, t- to help take care of my grandma. And I remember going over there, this is my first time going on this medical mission trip with my parents. I was 15 years old and I remember going there and there's an older woman who came with us named Miss Alice. She came from Tampa and she was Uh on this trip and we're just talking, it's kind of towards the end of the trip. And she looks at me, I'm 15 years old. Miss Alice is like about 67, about almost 70. She says, you know what, Sam? You're gonna make a great husband one day. Mm. And I'm like, "Uh, Miss Alice, a little too old for me. Like you need it. What are you talking about? Right? Like what you, <laughs> and she says, yeah, yeah, in my mind, I'm like, what it? but she's like, and you never know the woman of your dreams, right? We're in the we're in the middle of a village yeah. in Nigeria. She said the woman of your dreams might be right under this very roof. And as she says that, my wife Ngazi walks by. Uh huh. Well, he wasn't, wasn't my wife at the time, but this young right, girl, right. young girl named Ngazi Ngazi walks by. And she said that I leave. I don't really talk to this young girl. I go back the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and I would also go back for Christmas oftentimes to see family because a lot of my family is still in Nigeria, aunts okay. and uncles, and grandma, and all these things. And I would see her serving. And so finally, it was my second year in the NFL, 22, 23 years old. I go over to Nigeria with one of my teammates. This is a guy who like knows everything. And about are you me like dating, dating other
0: like, people in the middle?
1: No, I wasn't. I wasn't even dating the way I grew up. And this is, I mean, obviously part of the way I grew up, but also kind of my personality, I wasn't really like the dating kind of guy. I was kind of weird and around girls and didn't really, <laughs> I was not like, I went to an all boys school, ah. uh, private school, college prep. I was super nerdy in a lot of ways. And though I was playing sports, I was super nerdy. But then also culturally, my parents were like, no, no, we don't like Nigerian. like, you date too many. You don't uh. date just like, oh, let's just go on a date. It's like, no, you are dating to marry. That's the mindset. And so, and though no, I, I have other siblings, not going to name any names, <laughs> Emmanuel, Huffo, <laughs> but who were just they, they were just dating just cause. And I was like, no, mom and dad said we can't date. So I wasn't really dating at all. But the thing was, people were—I was—I was, you know, hanging out with girls, and it was almost this thing where it was yeah. like, man, like maybe this could be the one, and whatever, right? And it was one of those things where <laughs> I had a coach who who looked, and he was a uh, follower of Jesus and uh, strength coach for the, for the Arizona Cardinals. And he, we, we didn't go to the same church, but he invited me to his church one time. And he was like, Man, you got to meet this girl. Man, she's beautiful. You'll love her. She's from Africa, you know? And I'm like, Dude, just because I'm like Nigerian or just because my parents were, doesn't mean I'm just automatically going to marry this girl from right. Africa, right? And so, but, um, and Africa's a pretty big continent, you know? And so, but it was that. And I would go out and I'd meet girls and all these things. And I was like, Man, it's something didn't, I had this desire to be married, but also yeah. was like, is it, is it the, the girl at the restaurant who's serving sushi? Is it sure. the one I meet at the mall? You know? And so finally I go over with one of my teammates named Calais Campbell. He's six, 300 pounds. Right. But he's the nicest guy in the world. And he knew everything about me. He's my best friend. Right. Yeah. And he uh, knew all about my likes and dislikes and all the things. And so I go to Nigeria, funny enough, uh, there's a and maybe this is a different sort of for a different time, but there's another girl they tried to set me up with this a Olymp- girl who was in the Olympics, whatever. Another Nigerian girl? No, no, no. Just a uh, just a like Olympic athlete. Just Got just a, it. A, like, okay, my okay. Teammates okay. Were like, oh, there's this girl. And like they knew that I would, you know, like I'd been like kind of saving my I was I was virgin. I was waiting until marriage, yeah. right? And they're like, There's there's a girl, she she's a virgin and she's an Olympic athlete, she's beautiful, and and uh and I was like, God, just chill. Like I'm just, I love This just, just chill, bro. All right. And so, but I go to Night. I go to Nigeria. Kaleis, my teammate, comes with me, and we get off the plane. And he sees Ngazi, and he stops me and he says, "Bro, who is that?" Huh. He said, "He said, he said, she is beautiful. Are, are y'all related?" And I'm like, "Mind you, on that fight over there." Kaleis was telling me about a girl that he had been falling in love with. So I'm like, "Okay, you were telling me about this other girl. Why are right. you looking at her? Like, you need to back up." Right. I said, "I said, no, we're not related. Her name is Ngazi. We've known each other for years." He said, bro, what are you waiting for?
0: Oh, my God.
1: What are you waiting for? And uh, I said, well, I don't know, man. Like, I've known her for some years, but I'm kind of honestly a little bit ashamed because how crazy would I look, right, this NFL player now? And all, that was all the time where there was, like, the catfishing stuff going on, yeah. right? I'm like, if I'm saying I got this girl from Nigeria, it sounds crazy. She's like, no, dude,
0: <laughs> right. People are going to make you do yeah. interviews like, yeah, like the kid with the <laughs> right. imaginary girlfriend.
1: Right, right, right. He said, he said, he said, uh, he said, no, dude, what are you waiting for? Like, this is, ev- she's everything you've ever talked about and more. And so he actually kind mm-hmm. of pushed me into uh, having a conversation I was hoping to have. And, and we started a conversation and started talking. And funny enough, um, I was, I told you I was shy and awkward and yeah. kind of weird and dirty. And so I was scared to talk to her. Well, one day about halfway through the trip, she was doing the wake up calls. We get up around 6am or so 630. And she knocked on our door. Cleas and I were, were rooming together in my dad's compound in the village in Nigeria. Yeah. She knocks on our door at 6 a.m. and and she says, "Hey, just letting you all know, we have a devotion in about 30 minutes, and and um, you know after that we'll go out on the mission field." I'm like, "All right, cool, thanks." And then she stopped. She says, "Oh, and by the way, I'd love to talk to you sometime today if you have a chance."
0: Oh man, she stayed up all night thinking about that.
1: <laughs> and Cleas was like, "Ooh, she likes you. She likes." I was like, "Bro, chill out, chill out." Well, what I didn't realize was the, the day before, and and we her, her and and I tell the story differently, but I it her way because I gotta, you know, I'll tell it her way. The day before, while we were serving on that mission field, there were some young girls there, 12, 11, 12 year old girls. And we were just, I was outside laughing, joking with them, yeah. talking, hanging out. And they saw, and we we're just talking. Well, they see Nghazi walk out from inside the medical center we were serving at. Uh-huh. She, you know, 20, 30 yards away. They see her. And they and these young girls, right, out of nowhere, they're like, whoa, who is that? She's, she's beautiful. Is that your wife? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) And and I'm like, uh, I don't know, God, is this yeah. yeah, you know and so anyways we start a conversation then and so the way she tells it that's that kind of got it in her head a little bit and then she had the conversation we she said that the next day and I was like would you like to talk I was like yeah sure um maybe I don't know let's have a conference. I don't know you know and so oh I <laughs> love it
0: so at the time day, you are 24 23 23
1: about 23 years old 23 24 my gosh and so uh sometime that day we find some time and I'm like well what do you want to talk about right you wanted to talk right I'm being obviously this is
0: Oh, you're not playing it scared. so cool. You're such a monster.
1: I, no, I, I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> I was not playing it cool by any means. I okay. was like, I don't know. And so I said, Well, what did you want to talk about, right? And she, she looks at me. She says, I think I like you. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 uh, I like, I, I like you too. You like, I like me together. What? And so, oh. and so I say, Well, well now that that's out there, what, what should we do next, right? Yeah. And she says, Well, we should pray. Wow. We should pray. And I mean, at that point, I was sold right out my <laughs> that. I'm, like, I'm supposed to be the guy who's like leading worship and all these things. She said we should pray. And so we prayed and uh, kind of continued the conversation. I left. Um, we kind of dated long distance, super long distance, 7,000 miles. Yeah. Distance. And um, it was actually really hard. It was really, really hard because I'd never really been in a real relationship. I'd mm-hmm. kind of dated a couple of girls and never really worked out because I never, I just was probably scared and didn't want to commit and all the things. Yeah. And, was pretty difficult we about i don't know three four months in because i that was in the summer and i left there to go continue my football season in america in america and a few months in i remember calling her one day and i said hey i think we need to cut this off like it's it's not god's will we're not compatible i you know it's it's not working out
0: oh wow
1: right and she and she she, this is like a story the picture of who my wife is right so she she picks up the phone i tell her all that she says all right cool and i'm like Oh, well, that was easy, right? Yeah, I hang up the phone. Like I was like, oh, nice. My cough out work. Like that was easy. (laughs) Well, she calls back a few minutes later and she actually says, "Uh uh-uh. She says, I'm not going anywhere unless you tell me that it's over. Unless you tell me that we're done. Oh I'm not going anywhere.
0: I like her so much.
1: Oh, I'm telling you, she's amazing. (laughs) And and obviously I couldn't say, I mean, I couldn't say I was trying to be, I was a little punk, right? Trying to be I couldn't say it. I couldn't say that. So I remember having a conversation with my dad. I'm like, dad, I just, we're not compatible. Like she doesn't, she doesn't laugh at my jokes, the language barrier, the whole thing. <laughs> and he's like, dude, what are you, he's like, you can't base compatibility based off of conversations. Go spend time with her, mm. right? Like go spend some time with her. And, and so that season ended on December 30th and on January 1st, I was on a flight to Nigeria to go spend time with her. And that, that about, I took a 10 day trip over there and those 10 days after that trip, I knew. Uh, oh yeah, she, she was the one. And I went back a few months later and proposed in March, uh, this is of 2013. And then, uh, we go back and do our traditional Nigerian wedding in June of 2013, which was in, in Nigeria, in the, in a, there's 2000 people there. Yeah. In a field. Like it was amazing. It's beautiful. 2000 people. 2000 people. people. Do you have to
0: feed 2000 people like you do in an American wedding?
1: Oh yeah, we had to feed 2,000 people. So we bought like we we got some cows, like we got some big old vats of rice, some goats, like literally, like they bought goats and bought cows and got this rice and all these things and and we made food. And I mean the pots were as big as like I'm 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 a big guy. I couldn't even wrap my hands around half of it. Yeah. Huge bats and these huge spoons that you use to mix and they're long and you know. And so, anyways, we fed two thousand people and our traditional nigerian wedding and around that time i filed for her to come to america right because she was she had been before and i filed a visa paperwork and anyone who's seen the movie 90 day fiance we kind of did that whole (laughs) it wasn't as much drama but it was that whole deal so she got accepted uh we came to america in january or in february of 2014 and we got married in march our american wedding was in march okay yeah
0: wow so technically over while you're quarantined in your house this summer seven years
1: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Wow.
0: Okay. So is seven? You know, everybody talks about a seven-year itch. This is when y'all, you know, you kind of the counselor who's next door to our office actually talks about how he's been married five times, but it's been the same wa- the same woman every time. Right. Right. Because right. the marriage keeps changing. Tell me about y'all's family time during quarantine and like kind of seven years and who y'all are now. And you have this book, "Let the World See You," coming out when this episode releases. It comes out tomorrow, mm. and so. I mean, tell me who you are now and what you know now that you didn't know seven years ago,
1: yeah, we've changed a ton. early on, i was I was a punk and I'm still learning. like I'm still trying to figure it all out. I mean, it was so bad in a lot of ways because I the Bible's clear on like husbands, uh, this is why husbands like leave your mother and father and cling to your wife. Yeah. and I had really never left in a lot of ways. If we ever had an I- issue an argument I'm, and any men who listen to this, they oh, they probably can relate, hopefully they, they're growing out of this. But anytime we had a disagreement, early on in our marriage, I'd go to, I'd ask my dad or my mom, well, what do you think about this? And of course Mm -hmm. they would side with me. And then all of a sudden there's some kind of, there's like a rift in our relationship. And then, and then I would also hold grudges. And if she said something I didn't like, I would keep it in, I wouldn't address it. And so that was our first year. So I was just trying to, and it was fun, right? Don't get me wrong. Like we were having a blast, right? We were traveling and doing the things and you know what I mean? And, but it was I, I, I was super immature. And even now, six, seven years in, right, I'm still learning and growing. I, I actually meet with a counselor, and we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and even talking about marriage, and even said, yeah. hey, you may be going into a different phase of your marriage, hmm. right? A phase of more truth-telling, right? Because oftentimes, one of my issues is people-pleasing, right? I want to make everybody happy. I mean, that's and I don't
0: really wanna... what this book is about.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let the world exactly see you is how to about. actually
0: be who you are.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And so, and so I'm learning to be me um, with my, with my wife. Mm,
0: man. And y'all have one son?
1: We have two. So this is the Instagram, right? Yes, Nobody it's even it. knows. That's right? what I'm
0: have- saying. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I did all yep. the stalking I could do and I've followed you for a long time and I still didn't know.
1: Yes. Yes. I like it that way. I like it that way. That's right. You're doing it. Mystery. Yes. We have three kids. We have a five-year-old boy, Caleb. Uh, his name is Caleb Chinazepere Acho, oh, right? Well Chinazepere done. means God Answers Prayers. We mm. we gave him that name because we really believe that that's what God does in our life. And even yeah. Caleb from Caleb and Joshua, right? And our, we have a three-year-old daughter named Sophia. And her, her birthday actually is in a week from now, right? So a week from when this releases, we'll be celebrating her. Yeah. She'll be four. Uh, Sophia, her middle name is Ijama, which in Igbo means uh, it's almost like a send-off, right? Safe journey. You're oh, welcome. Wow. Thank you for coming, right? And then we have a two-year-old boy named Kelechi Victor Acho. Kelechi means thank God and victor. So it's almost like thank God for victory. So um, Ooh, those y'all are aren't kids. playing around
0: naming we those people. Around.
1: We weren't playing around. Yeah. So we got three kids, two boys and a girl.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Talk about, you know, you said Caleb is named. The middle name is about how God answers prayers. Yeah. We love talking about prayer around here and our our friends listening love like hearing how, how do you hear the Lord and what's your prayer life like?
1: Yeah. I love that question. I actually talk about this in the book a little bit. There's a chapter called learning to listen and how how I, how I hear the Lord for me, it's not just talking, right? Praying is like, okay, God, in Jesus name, we pray. It's also, I got spend a lot of time just listening. And what I mean by that is I'll wake up, whether it's early or find some time quiet and just go by myself and almost the word people can use is meditate, but just, like Mm. just like listen. Right. And like have a conversation kind of with, with me and the spirit of God, right? Like, mm-hmm. man, this is what I'm feeling right now. And I am almost like, man, what do you think about that? Cause the Bible is clear. Like uh, we, we hear his voice, right? As sheep hear his voice. And, yep. and even, I think it's Jeremiah 30, 31 or 33, three, it talks about, he says, you call upon me and I will answer you. And I'll tell you the great hidden things you didn't know. And I'm yeah. like, all right, God, I believe your word. So I want to know. And so I spent a lot of time just having conversations with God, especially in the morning, right. When mm-hmm. kids are sleeping and just quiet, and then a, a couple of times a week, I'll spend time just going through scripture and just trying to really remind myself of, man, what does, like what did Jesus actually say? Mm. Right. We have these stories. I remember, you know, we have these stories that people say, and, you know, these eu- euphemisms people give and it's like, oh, it's in the Bible. So the Bible's like, is that in, really in the Bible? Uh, <laughs> right. Is that yeah. really what, you know, and uh, KB has a song that just came out and he said, man, you you really want to be like Jesus. You may have to go flip some tables. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Jesus isn't just this. You know, super kind. Like he was flipping tables and he was calling out injustice and he was speaking up for those who couldn't speak up for themselves. And mm-hmm. so for me, hearing that voice is going through scripture. One, it's it's meditating and like listening to the spirit of God, that peace that you feel right through situations, too. Mm-hmm. And then also sometimes it's just ca- having conversations with friends. I mean, I'll get calls at the most random times at a time where I'm really struggling with something or feeling something, someone will call and give me a word of encouragement, or I'll be in an Uber or something, and it'll be like, dude, that's exactly what I needed to hear.
0: Hey, friends, just taking a brief pause in our conversation with Sam to share about one of our partners, Ritual. You know we do our best to take care of ourselves around here, mind, body, soul. And one of the ways I intentionally focus on my physical health is with Ritual Vitamins. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. And that's why Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. She and her team of scientists at Ritual have like obsessively researched each nutrient in their visionary women's multivitamin. Carefully choosing forms that are like absorbable by the body, but they've also tested their formula. Science-backed isn't just a buzzword over there for them. It's the standard. They don't use any mystery additives, which I appreciate, no synthetic fillers, and no shady extras that can be found in some traditional multivitamins. Their delayed release, no nausea-designed capsule, is made to be gentle on an empty stomach. So no worries if you take them in the morning, even if you haven't had time for breakfast. And y'all know how I feel about that mint essence tab in every bottle, which means no nasty aftertaste, and it smells so nice when you open it. Taking your vitamins is a minty fresh experience. You know I love that. They use only the highest quality ingredients, like the most absorbable form of folate, so that our bodies can absorb all the folic acid we need. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering our friends 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Sam. How do you know, uh, people ask this a lot when we, when our guests and friends will come on the show and talk about hearing God for themselves. Uh, how do you know the difference when it's God talking to you and when it's you talking to you in your head?
1: Absolutely. So I, I feel like we got a couple of voices, right? I feel like you got your own voice in your head, the, 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 the enemy, the devil in your head, you know uh, what I mean? Like, right. and, the, and then also the voice of God. Yeah. And so for me, the way I know it's God is I will feel like an immense sense of peace. Hmm. I'll feel a sense of peace. And it might sound or seem crazy what I'm hearing or whatever, but it, I'll just feel it's not I'll feel peace about it. Right. And and then also it'll 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 concur with what's in the word of God. So as you're reading yeah. scripture, you know, it's like you know, Proverbs 29 15 says the fear of man brings a snare. Uh, But but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Right. So if if the voice I'm hearing is a voice of like fear, scared or something or don't don't do that, it's like, is that really God or is that my own fears? Uh Right. So but if I hear a voice of like, hey, I'm with you, I'm with Mm -hmm. you, do not be afraid or almost a sense of like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. then I know it's the Lord. Right. And so uh, and then obviously if it's like confusion and like it's like, you know, that's not that's not that's not God.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, three times now you've quoted scripture that helps you know God's voice versus any of the other voices. Tell to me about memorizing that. And and why is it important for you specifically to have, you know, scripture like that, like in you, not just in the book that you own?
1: Yeah. Funny. Well, the last one, I just read off of a thing that I wrote down this morning or two days ago, right? Yes. Good. um, It's just right in front of you. It's exactly. For me, it's writing it down. So for me, when I was uh, single and, you know, early in my even NFL career and just had all this time in the world, I remember, and I, f- I say time in the world, it's really not. Like, I didn't have, I was...
0: You can say that. I'm aware that I have far more time for Annie than you have for Sam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that but is it's, not but
0: offensive to anyone single. We recognize we can wake up when we want to wake up.
1: Yeah, but there is a deal of maturity, I will say, right? Mm-hmm. A deal of, like, maturity of, like, you could yeah. be Married and immature, single, immature, have kids, yeah. mature. So for me, like, right. it don't matter. Maturity is maturity, right? That's and time right. management and all the things. And so I remember there was a time where I would like get up and just like go through scripture and like write down the verses and memorize mm-hmm. them or whatever. And for whatever reason, I started to get away from that. I really did. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if it was when we started having kids or whatever. And I, I think, I think when that happened, I felt people have this. Uh, fantasy of like what it's like sometimes to have kids or to be married. It's not always what it's cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, I know when I, when we had our first son, like so much of the things I didn't like about myself, I saw in him. Mm. And so talk about pain and frustration and all the things. And so I've noticed when I get away from scripture, that's when things don't really go well with me. And I've noticed when I, when I feel like stressed out, oftentimes the only thing that'll get me back to like sanity is going back to the word of God. Right or listen to music. Right, I love uh, Hillsong and Lecrae and everybody, and yeah. you know, listen to music or just writing. Right, and so those are a few things. But without that, I'm like, man, I'll just be, it'll be all bad, all bad for your boy.
0: Right. Do you still journal?
1: I do, and and journaling for me, it's not like daily. Like for me, it's just like I'll find seasons of life, for times in life where I just need to write, write. I don't need to write, and you call it journaling, call it what you want. I know some people, it's like okay, every single day, like got a date. That's not me. I'm more like, bro, I'm stressed out, like I'm struggling. I need a pen and a pad. I need to just start writing down what's on my heart. And so, oftentimes, you know, oftentimes I'll I'll just be writing and it'll be talking about, man, like put it this way. I just pulled this up. Yeah. Um, about
0: you about to read so to us a, from your journal. June that 5th. feels like a real exclusive media. I know. Hit I'm like, do, right I, here. do
1: I give it to him or do I not? This is the Andy Downs. This is Andy Downs. So I gotta I gotta come correct. <laughs> so on June 5th, this is right after. We saw what we saw with George Floyd was killed and and, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and um, and then also the protests and rioting and looting. I wrote this. I wrote my heart is heavy. Seeing the devastation, seeing the people, my heart hurts Mm. and I know exactly what to do. How to channel that energy, how to be obedient. But it's going to cost me something. It may just cost me everything. Mm. Before that, I right on that same day, I wrote, I feel like we're all so close, so close to the freedom that God has for us, so close to the joy we've been chasing, so close to the dream. Years ago, Israel was close to the promised land, yet they all wanted to go back. Why? Because freedom isn't free. Freedom costs something. Mm. It costs time. It costs resources. It may even cost you your life freedom isn't free, but I feel like we're all so close. Wow. So for me, Annie, yeah, like that's I'm like, Mike, that was my heart. I'm
0: glad you wrote a book. I'm glad we got a whole set of that because <laughs> that is, that is really profound.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I wrote that down and I don't go back to it often, but a few days later, and that's when me and some friends got a chance to go to the West side of Chicago and we yeah got God open up all this, all these doors, but we, got a chance to purchase a liquor store and turn it into a food mart in Chicago, right? Yeah. That I didn't even know this was going to happen and it blew up. It's got like a million people that have talked about yes, it. Yes, we can like watch, there's a
0: video on YouTube, right? We can yeah, watch it. Yeah. yeah,
1: you can watch it. And and it's funny, I didn't know that was going to happen, but my heart wrote that, yes. right? And even with the book, like that was an outpouring of my heart. And so do I journal daily? No, but, but is writing therapy for me? Yes.
0: And also, I mean, that is a very real life example of journaling a prayer and then watching God answer it. You may have forgotten how deep that prayer really was for you if you wouldn't have written it down. Mm. But because Mm. you wrote it down, and then you saw that happen just days later in Chicago, you're like, "Oh, that the Lord answered what I pray."
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you journal?
0: Oh yes, man. I like I'm almost every day. I try to write Mm. something down. Not I haven't been. It, that hasn't been every season of my life, but for the last probably five years, I try to journal almost every day. So mm. I, just, I, I see such value in it for myself. Now, a lot of people have the fear of, what if someone else finds this? And what if my so-and-so reads this or my kid reads this or whatever? And so I know that they're, people who have fear about that. But for me, I'm like, no, these are all my friends know to burn these when I die. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. Okay. So I share with you one of the the things that that, that journal entries of mine, can you share? And it, it doesn't have to be verbatim, but like a way, a prayer that God answered, right? Over the last few months or something that God did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear. What it it sounds like someone has their own podcast (laughs) and knows how to host a podcast. Um, Okay, let me think through what I've written lately that I know. Well, here's the other thing: I have a big sticky note on my wall Mm. where I pray for. Like I was noticing that I was praying only for my own stuff. Mm. And I was like, I don't ever, I tell people I'll pray for things and I forget to. So I got those real big sticky notes Mm. and I hung them up in my room where I read and pray. And and so I have all my friends' names and what's going on in their lives and what to be praying for them up on the wall. And Mm. when the Lord answers something, I literally wrote, answered, and I put the date. Wow. And so, and I've only done it this year. I've done it since the start of 2020, which is hilarious. And so in my mind, I've been thinking like, okay, in December, do I start a new one? Like, will I move this one to the side and start a new one and transfer over. All that to say, there's one on there of a friend whose kids, had, whose baby had a heart transplant Mm. and they were praying he would go home before Easter and he went home on like, like literally three days before Easter. They got out of the hospital. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so I wrote, answer that. And then he like, someone broke up with me and I was like, answered. Like, I don't like it. But answered, I can write answered over his name because that's not going to be that the Lord answered my prayer. I said, I put that person's name up there going, Lord, is this you? Is this this your story you're telling? And even though I don't love the answer, it's still the answer, Mm -hmm. right? So those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, if, there was if this time, is just you and me talking with people not listening, that, know, that's the answer.
1: I love it. I love it. There was a time actually two years ago, almost to the day, and I was sharing this picture with a friend. I I I tore my pectoral muscle. Oh, I was playing for the ouch. Chicago Bears. Tore my pec out for the season. And funny enough, talk about answered prayer. I had been praying, and this is like the see. This is like talk about how the book came about. Like it was events like these, right? I've uh-huh. been praying, like God, what what am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here? Right. I, I, on the outside, things looked like they were going great. i had signed a new deal with the team and yeah. I was supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to be the starter and it was like a bunch of money. And it was like a multi-year contract where like everything yeah. else had been like year by year. It was like multi-million dollars. Everything else had been like very bare minimum for NFL guys. Yeah. And I was not happy at all, at all. And and I was like, well, at least I got football and I'll be, I'll be focused on my job. And yeah. you know, that's why people go to marriages, people go to kids, people go to all these things that uh-huh. won't satisfy. Right. Uh-huh. At least I have this. And, and then all of a sudden I get benched. Right. Because we traded for this superstar Khalil Mack. Right. Who's like, yeah. a, like a once in a, they've called him a generational talent. I'm yeah. like, Oh, really? You're like, like yeah.
0: You. Don't y'all remember somebody was in that spot before he got here. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. We trade for him. I get benched. I get benched. It's supposed to be my yard. I get benched. Uh-huh. So now, And so not playing, which, which I get, right? There have been times in the past you've been mentioned, well, hey, if I'm not going to play in the game. I'm going to make practice my game. So I'm going to take practice seriously and all the things. And I wasn't even practicing. Why? Because Khalil needed the reps. He was on a mm. new team and a new coach. So I wasn't playing, number one. I wasn't practicing, number two. And I'm sitting here like, God, what the heck? What do you want me to do here, right? Yeah. And what am I supposed to do? And it was funny. There were some Really cool, like social justice. And that's a term they used at the time, like opportunity, just really opportunities to help change the city of Chicago that I mm-hmm. really wanted to be involved with to like lead the team in that way. But I didn't have any time because we had all the games and practices and whatever. And I'm praying, God, what do you want me to do? Two years ago, two years ago, uh-huh. God, what do you want me to do? And two years ago to the day, almost to the day, I it was on a routine play in the middle, on the, ending the first quarter, the second quarter of the game, and I tear my peg. Wow. Out for the season, and I have a picture that I took in the in the locker room while the game's going on and it shows it says Sam Acho pectoral injury pectoral status. like is he going to come back or not it says out and
0: wow
1: and I remember just feeling an immense sense of peace Hmm sense of peace because I because I knew that God had answered my prayer. God, what do you want me to do? I would have been really excited about this other stuff. And football wasn't going to like, cool, if I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play it. And what the cool thing was, I went full force on like that social justice stuff. So I was joking yeah. about earlier about I was a, in this, you know, the Acho's Nacho's Super Bowl yeah. thing that <laughs> yeah. I did. Well, I was actually in a real Super Bowl commercial for the social justice stuff we did in Chicago. Yeah. And so like for me talking about answer prayers, and, and though I didn't write it down in a journal. I wrote it down in my book about how God answers prayers.
0: Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, there's something about your story, my story, like these moments of going like, we have to, I said to someone yesterday, I was like, I have to thank God as much for the closed doors as I thank him for the open ones. Bingo. Because it's still him answering. I may not like it, but he still did exactly what I asked him to do, which is please direct me. Mm. And and then you go like, oh, I didn't mean I should have been more specific.
1: <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> Please like,
0: make me a multi-million dollar football <laughs> player for a lot of seasons. I, right. My bad. I said do what you want.
1: <laughs> right. 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 And
0: that is just his kindness to to take time and and it's what you're saying, to take time and go, I, I believe that this is you still answering my prayers, even mm. if it's not the way I wanted it to look. Mm. Yeah, tell me how that plays into let the world see you. Like now, would you have written a book two years ago if you were still playing football?
1: Oh, absolutely not. No shot. No chance. One even in the conver- What in the stratosphere, Annie? Really? Like it was not even a conversation. Funny enough, the and I told you about getting benched and getting injured, and well, a few a few weeks before then, I was actually sitting down with a friend, and this is after the big contract, and I was getting ready to start the season. I was a week away from training camp, and everything on the outside. Looked like it was great, but on the inside, I was like really not doing well. Yeah. And I was sitting down with a friend like in tears, mm. in tears saying, man, I just need the season. To start. I need to get back to where I need to, just need to get back to the season, back to football, then, then everything will be okay. And he looked at me, he said, Sam, he said, if this is how you are right now, I'm afraid of what happens when when football ends for you, when you retire. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at him and, and he says, hey, you never know, maybe God is writing a book in your life. And you may only be on chapter two.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Is what he said, right? And in the midst of that, too, he also said, Oh, oh and by the way, Sam, it's nice to see you. Hmm. And I'm like, huh? Because I'll mind you, I was like, cry. I don't, I don't, I don't try to show people that I'm that I cry or that I'm <laughs> yeah. what well, anything. You know? And I'm crying, and it was like real, like <gasps> like I could, wow. like a, you know, like heaving. Yes. And he says, It's nice to see you. I said, What are you talking about? He said, Man, i I've known you for about eight. 10 years almost, and I've never seen this side of you. You always show the side of perfection and having it all together. And this is really refreshing to see. Wow. And so he actually was the one who recommended, he said about the book, right? Maybe God's writing a book. He recommended I go talk to a counselor. And so I did. And as I'm talking to the counselor, he asked me a question. He says, Sam, what do you do when you get angry? We're talking here about like how how the book even came about to you. He said, What do you do when you get angry? And I look at him and I say, Well, look at him, put a smile on my face and say, Well, I I just, I, I don't get angry. Huh. He says, "Well, I mean, come on, man. What do you do when you get angry?" And I say, "I just, I just try not to get angry." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, everybody gets angry. Sure. What do you do?" And I don't know where I start crying again. Wow. And he looks at me and he says, "It's nice to see you, Sam. And oh, by the way, get used to hearing that."
0: Wow. You're like, are you preaching into my life right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so the next day he 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 actually is one who recommended i start journaling start writing yeah. and start even listening to music and you know because i you know i listen to music just to get pumped up for games not just uh-huh. casually I'm not you know and so so the next day i that day that night i met with him that morning that night i report to training camp and we kind of do a team meeting i go back to my dorm room and i start journaling and writing and now i'm in tears again, right? Why am I crying? What is going on? Right. Yeah. I felt like God was coming after my heart. And I, and it was just so gently and so kind and so loving. And I was like, leave me alone. Like I'm good. And and so I go to practice the next day. We have our what's called a conditioning test. We just kind of mm-hmm. run around and see if everybody's in shape. And and so I finished the conditioning test. Most of the guys had gone in the locker room, took a shower, went to go get some food. And I just went in there and I just sat down. Just sat down, plopped down in the chair. And one of my teammates saw me. And he said, Hey, I'll show you good. Usually, usually I would say, Oh, I'm I'm, I'm fine. or I'm just tired or whatever. And I look at him like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing good. Mm. And he looked back at me and said, Hey man, you got, you got to let that out. Like whatever's going on inside of you got to let it out. And so I start crying again.
0: <laughs> Man, this is wild. The timeline of this, how this is all just happening.
1: Literally, it was like a, it was like an avalanche, right? Yeah. So I start crying again. And another teammate walks in and he sees me. Mind you, talk, we're talking, you know, he, the counselor said, write, listen to music. And the night before I was writing, I was listening to all these, you know, worship songs about God's yeah. love and his kindness. And the, the next day, right, I'm crying. My team, another teammate walks in, he sees me, and immediately he goes to his phone, which had the playlist on the locker room, like the sound, sound you know, the mm-hmm. speakers on the locker room. And he changes the playlist from, the country or rap, whatever kind of music was going on in there to worship music. Oh, wow. To, and not only any kind of worship music, it it was the same set of songs that I'd been listening to the night before. No joke. Songs about God's love for me, songs about his kindness and his care. And and I start really like, it's now I'm really like (gasps) crying. Yeah. And he he looks at me and he says, Hey, I look up, he says, it's nice to see you. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, are y'all, is this like yes. a cool, like, are y'all, what is happening? And so, and so, I mean, fast forward. And after that, I was like, you know, I'm done, I'm done with the tears. I'm done with, the, I'm done. Right. So I go, so I go, you know, go to, you know, go to the, go to our room and I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. Now I'm like, I'm not listening to any of this worship. So I'm not listening to any of that. Right. right. I throw on some, so I think I've been throwing on like a Lecrae song, a song called What You Mean. Like What You Mean, which it's like a like boom and I got that on in my headphones going to practice and that song was on in my headphones my I had the plug and my phone was in my pocket and all of a sudden I thought I had it on repeat but the song changed when it when it mm. ended. And the song changed from What You Mean to a song called When I Lost My Heart to You. Mm. A song by Hillsong United. Yeah,
0: of course.
1: And mind you this whole time I felt like God was just tapping on my heart. And so that song came on. I started feeling these emotions come up and I'm trying to turn, trying to change it And it's not turning off. Like it's not going back to Le- Lecrae. Like it's not. Oh, and, gracious. and they had us on these golf carts that would take us to the dorm, to the practice. I said, Hey, stop the cart. Stop the cart. And so I get yeah. off the cart. I take my headphones off. I'm like, I'm not doing this right now. Yeah. And and funny enough, the night before I texted to, you know, two of our staff members from the team. And I said, Hey, um, y'all just pray for me. Cause I don't know what to do with these emotions. Right. Mm. I just, that was not important. So I kind of get myself together, put my headphones back in. I go back to practice. And I and as soon as I walk towards our locker room area, I see one of the staff members. Her name is Jen Gibson, uh, one of the staff members who I texted the night before. She's our team dietitian, and she's a believer as well. Uh-huh. And she had texted me. I saw her text message that was response saying, hey, God is for you. He's with you. Oh. Like, we're not going anywhere. Kind of thing. And I see her, and all of a sudden, I feel the avalanche start to start again. So it's why. I like rush behind some corner and she follows me and I'm crying, crying, crying. And It's almost like as if the spirit of God was on her. She just put her hand on yeah. my shoulder and said like, it's okay. God's with you. He loves you. And I was like, and I was like, no, I don't know what's going on. It's okay. It's so fine. I kind of like, and I'm crying, crying and kind of get myself together. And we're kind of walking back around the corner to where all the guys are. And she says "And hey, Sam, honestly, we're all going through some stuff. This is actually the same time and place where I found out That we lost our baby, right? She had a miscarriage, Mm. right? This is the same time, this time last year, and I heard that, and I just got so mad. I turned back around, like, God, why are you like? These are we're good. These are good person. What do you do? Like, it's not fair. Yeah, you know. And Jen's like, no, no, Sam, no, no, other. We got to go this way, right? Practice is this way. Yeah. (laughs) It was just this seat. It was just like I was allowing god in yeah i was allowing him in and so well he um, wasn't to, he
0: wasn't giving you much of a choice sam based on right, that story <laughs> right,
1: right but you did
0: have to let him in you're right but man what I, a pursuit story
1: yeah yeah and so that's kind of like how the the idea of the you know all these things about what it means you know this nice to see you nice to see you yeah. nice to see you and then fast forward I, I mentioned i um something happened with my wife actually where we had our third child kelechi victor was born yeah. and funny enough, in he was a big old baby, like 10 pounds, six mm-hmm. ounces. Like He was a huge boy. Yeah, third, It was the third C-section. And and he came out fine. Everything was good. This is kind of like a week or two after all this that you've heard. Well, I'm in the hospital with my wife, right? As sure. I said, I'm going to spend the night with her, right? 12 hours after my youngest son was born, I wake up in the middle of the night in the hospital, right? Because I'm there with her sleeping yeah. on a little chair thing to a room full of nurses and a doctor and my wife <sighs> screaming in excruciating pain. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, and I've been, I've done hospital visits before, right? Sure. I'm a celebrity. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Like, and I, pro but I've seen that, Yeah, I've, I've seen the nurses rush in, but I've never, it's ever been me in that room or my yeah. wife. And, and so she, apparently it was uh, like, they had some complications. She had blood clots and they had to go and do another surgery to remove these blood clots. Yeah. But I didn't know what was going to happen. I was scared. Like freaking out, God, what is going on? You're yeah. talking about how do you hear God's voice? And I'm like crying out and they wheeled her off, right? Because they were like, she was, like, mm-hmm. they were, like an- she's like, I don't want to do another surgery. They're like, doing do another one. She said, I don't want to do another one. And she's like, I don't, I'm not, you're not putting me to sleep, right? You're not, I'm not doing. That. And they said, they said, ma'am, if we don't put you to sleep, you may not make it.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so yeah, my wife is a, she's very strong willed, but she, she let them take her. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there like, God, what is happening? I didn't sign up for this. Like, yeah. what is going on? Is she yeah. going to, and, and I, I said, God, all I, like, we've been doing Bible studies, all the things about hearing about God's power and it's telling the wind and the waves to cease yeah, and all sure. the things and raising Lazarus. I'm like, God, just say the word. Yep. And she'll be fine. Just say it. Just say the word. And I, and as I'm yelling, screaming, I just felt this, heard this voice piece of, she's going to be fine. Mm. And I'm like, cool, fine, good. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so, yeah. and so that happened. And then she came back and she was okay. But then, like I said, I got benched a few weeks later, got, you know, tore my pec a few weeks after that. I lost a mentor, a good friend who was a, a great friend of mine, and he passed away. He died from cancer. Mm-hmm. My house flooded a few weeks after that. I got released gosh. from the team. I mean, all these things. All and this so is happening about, in
0: like a month's in period. In like a few
1: months span. Oh, my span. gosh. And so, and I, and I'm not, lastly, right, we're, we're supposed to go to South Korea. My wife and I were going to go to South Korea on this five-year anniversary trip, and it was all planned out. And it was going to be great. I was going to go speak at this business school and do a yeah. football camp, and and her wallet gets stolen. <sighs> Oh, gosh. Her wallet and mind you her, she's not a. US citizen So her wallet had her green card in it her citizenship uh-huh right so she couldn't go on the trip and um, and so she still she says you committed you got to go so I went and as I'm there on that trip we I did the camp and spoke at the thing and my friend who was out there was said, hey we'll I have all this stuff set up for you and your wife but she's not here it's available if you want to go. I don't know if any company I said you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rest or right? I'm just yeah. gonna go to sleep so I go to sleep I wake up the next morning or wake up in the middle of the night actually and then I just started writing. Like I just started writing and I was writing about like weird things, like about death and about yeah. pain and about shame and all these things. And I was writing and writing and writing. And I came back from that trip. I called up my friend and I said, Hey man, remember that book you talked about uh, me being on chapter two? He said, yeah. yeah, I remember. I said, I think I'm on chapter 12 now. Get <laughs> me to the closest publicist or something. Cause I'm i publisher. I'm... And so that's how this book came about.
0: Oh my gracious. Hey friends, just interrupted this conversation one more time to tell you real quick about another one of our amazing partners, Indeed. As a small business owner, something I've always been super intentional about is who we add to our team. Hiring the right person for the job is a game changer, but how do you find those qualified candidates for the roles you have open? Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed helps you find the right people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You literally only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. They offer things like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Here's the thing, 73% of people looking for a job online visit Indeed each month. Indeed has helped over 3 million businesses find great hires, and they can help you too. Right now, Indeed is offering our friends a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more qualified candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and condition apply and the offer is valid through December 31st. And now back to Sam. So it wasn't even like Sam, you weren't even like out there trying to write a book. You just at the end of all those moments, you had to get it out.
1: I had to get it out. That How to get is
0: unbelievable. Are you nervous about people reading it?
1: No, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know it's fire. Like I know that book is fire. Yeah, <laughs> cause, um, yeah. Because it was like it was. I, it was almost as if like God was writing those words. Yeah. Right. And here's what I mean by that. Like usually when I work, like I have to be in a complete silence, and I, I get distracted easily. And and for whatever reason, the only times I could write was when I had my headphones on, listening to music. Mm. And I'm the most like I get distracted so easily and usually I'm like singing the lyrics, but yeah i would I would put the music on and I would I would have to go and write and I would go and I would start either writing with a pen or typing something out and I would just go and go and go and I would stop I would take my headphones off and I would go back and read what I wrote and I'd be like, bruh uh, <laughs> who who wrote this
0: right like
1: straight up who wrote this and so and so anyways, and so I knew I really felt like it was inspired by the spirit of God and so that's that's why I'm more than excited about this. And and um and you know, I, I just know that this message is what people need to hear. Like they need you like to be seen, to be known, to be loved. And well, my friend passed mm. away in the middle of all this, right? I had a friend, next door neighbor, my mentor, his name was Jerry oh, wow. Price. He had cancer, we was fighting it for years, and finally he posted a message on Facebook asking for permission to go. Oh wow. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? The same Jerry who we go to your house all the time and we were supporting him, like, you know, trying to support financially and praying and all the things. And uh so I so I called him, and you could tell he's only at about like 20% of the strength in his voice yeah. left. And he said, Man, I'm just ready to see Jesus. Mm. Right. He was 70-something years old, been married for 50 plus years, right? He's like, I'm I'm ready to see Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, Well, dude, but I don't know what you want me to say, number one, but before you before I get off this phone, I need to hear, hear something from you. So he said, what do you need to hear? I said, whatever you got, give me what you yeah, got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Don't go without you telling got. me everything. Yeah. And he says, well, Sam, he says, well, Sam, I got two things for you. He says the number one, the most important thing you can do on this earth. That's what I've learned in my 70 plus years on this earth and my 50 years being married, all the kids and the ministry and all the things. He said, the most important thing you can do is to get to know Jesus hmm. intimately, wow. intimately he said, you will get no greater joy in this, on this earth, in this life, than when you get to know Jesus. And God gets no greater joy than when you're getting to know Jesus intimately. Mm-hmm. Spend time with him, Sam, get to know Jesus. There's nothing better. And he paused. And I'm like, all right, you, you said two things, like, come on, like, what, right, you know? And he said the second thing i want you to know this is mind you Annie, Annie, this is in the midst of all that i was going yeah. through and pain and frustration and sadness he said the second thing i want you to know sam is that you are worth getting to know oh wow never forget that you are worth getting to know and so my hope, and he those would be the last words I heard from him. he would actually would slip into a coma a few days later, actually got on a flight to go and see him. Mm. And that same lady, Jen, I, I actually his wife called me and yeah. um, his wife called me and said he's in a coma. And um, I remember I got to say goodbye essentially. And I'm mm. I went slit, 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 you know, snuck into Jen's office. Now I'm crying again, right? Saying to right. my friend, and I'm like, what do I do? Because we have practice and all the things. And Jen looks at me after, as soon as I hang up, she says, Sam, no one's gonna be mad at you. If you go and see your friend who's about to die, sure. right? Like no one's gonna yeah. do something. Like, what are they gonna say? And so I get on a plane, and uh, I for- unfortunately, I just missed him. Um, mm-hmm. He had passed away right before I got there. But um, like, but those words are etched in my heart. It's not even etched. It's more like you know David and Goliath. You write the story. Like it says, like when he put the the sling the, the, the slingshot, like yeah, like the stone yeah. sunk in Goliath's head. Like those That's words right. sunk into my heart, right? You are worth getting to know. And so my goal for anybody who reads this book or who picks up this message, this is why I'm excited about it. I'm not nervous. is because I want people to understand, like I got a chance to understand that they are worth getting to know. You are worth getting to know. Get to know Jesus and understand that you are worth getting to know.
0: Man, that's a, I mean, that is profound for so many people. And the idea that it's all wrapped up and let the world see you and we can, I, one of my favorite things about books is we can put it in someone's hand and when they read it, they go, oh, I should call Annie and ask her about this. It, like It's mm. always a conversation starter. Mm. And so what a gift it is that you have written this for us. So I am... Super thrilled for our friend. And anytime an NFL player writes a book, I'm like, yes, more books that dudes will be excited to read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so thrilled. Listen, you know what we need to talk about when you just reminded me that you played for the Bears? Is Lecrae and I just had this conversation about what
1: happened with the Falcons. Oh, we could talk about it. Sam? <laughs> Let's just I'm have laughing. a little. I don't minute. mean to laugh, Andy. I don't mean to laugh. Listen,
0: let's just have a minute of the home team podcast. Yes. Your sports pod you do with our friend Steve Carter and another friend of the show, another Sam.
1: Yeah. And
0: so the three of y'all have a sports pod. Yep. And Steve doesn't even call y'all Sam, right? What does he call both of y'all?
1: Well, he calls he calls he calls Sam. Well, he calls S- Samantha Ponder. He calls her Ponder. And he calls me Acho, so because we have an argument. I'm like Sam, because people say, "Oh, I love Sam." I'm like, what Sam do you love? Yeah, is there's it two Sams you know, here so. on the home team yeah. pod. Yeah, let's yeah. just
0: talk sports for just a minute. Absolutely. What about the Falcons?
1: Yeah, I mean that was. Uh,
0: you had to love are, it. It's fair. You're a bear it, in your yeah. heart.
1: Well, not not that I loved it per se, but it's more of like a hangover. It's I didn't love it because I because I, I Mitch is a homie and I didn't like the fact that Mitch got benched. Like I uh-huh. thought that was a trash move like you can't yeah. you, you don't bet somebody two weeks into the season right after having one bad series like it doesn't make any sense right if you're gonna do that start with nick Foles from the beginning but anyways okay so not a that's there. right right you're over <laughs> there right but um but um, uh, i was you know i'm not a you know i'm not a you know drinker but the uh the falcons are still hung over from that 2016 i remember that 2017 super bowl loss to to the patriots the 2016 season 2017 super bowl the idea right, that February. you start
0: with do you remember is laughable <laughs> because I can still tell you what I was wearing the day
1: yep, that yep. we were
0: winning the Super Bowl at halftime and lost to yeah, yeah. Tom Brady to, virtually to
1: Tom Brady to yes. Tom Brady y'all were up by I think maybe
0: twenty eight to three 20, yeah. yeah twenty eight yeah, to, to three y'all were up I by remember. I had my Deon, I had my Deion Sanders jersey on I
1: know <laughs> oh yeah and to lose and so to lose that game I mean that's almost impossible to come back from and so then that was twenty that was a twenty sixteen season twenty seventeen season and y'all came back and made the playoffs. But lost, I believe, in the first round. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the last few years, y'all just been trash. I mean, I hate yeah. to say it, y'all just been trash. Very personal, right? y'all but Yes. Been like, you're not wrong. Like last year specifically, y'all started off, I think, one and six or oh, yeah. and seven or something. Yeah. And you came back, yeah. right? You came back and and like saved the coach's job, right? You saved Dan Quinn's job. But in all, and no player on that team, y'all, y'all can't win anything anymore. Matt Ryan is super talented. Todd Gurley's there, and he's awesome. And Julio is Julio, and Calvin Ridley's yes. really good. And and the defense is fast, and all the things. And Raheem Morris, the DC, is like a really good DC. But there's no getting over that. After that loss, what happened? What y'all did was y'all tried to put the blame on the coaches. Y'all fired the offensive coordinator, fired the defensive coordinator, fired the special teams coordinator, right? And then y'all tried to get some new players. And but mm-hmm. the thing is, like, there's a confidence piece, right? So, so Atlanta, that was that was three years ago. Well, fast forward to three weeks ago when Atlanta was playing the Cowboys up by 16, 18 in the oh, yes. fourth quarter yes. and to go back and this lose is more
0: painful than any other right. part of this conversation.
1: <laughs> right. I know. I hate the rest that. has I'm, been a real joy. <laughs> You got out of I, brought whole, like, I brought it rant up. I brought <laughs> it up right now. You know, and to go back and lose. So I was like, no, I don't think anybody was surprised. Maybe, you know, Falcons fans maybe were surprised, but I don't think anybody was surprised when they lost to the uh, Bears. It's like you, you weren't expect like the play calling. I need to Sam breathe.
0: No, Sam oh, go breathe, right? go here. Listen, like, I need you to know the problem with being a Falcons fan is we're always surprised. Why? <laughs> Why am I always surprised? I'm surprised every time we lose a game in the fourth quarter and we always lose a game in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, so y'all need a new y'all need a new uh I'll put it this way, new culture, new culture cuz that you can't you can't get over that.
0: Yeah, that okay, that's interesting cuz I was going to ask you who we need to if there was a section of people that need to be replaced if it's coaches or offense or defense but it's a culture problem.
1: It's a culture problem. Yeah, because People go in when they play Atlanta, they know, oh, we got this in the bag. Even if they cut they, Oh, well, that's so not,
0: embarrassing.
1: Well, no, but but hear me out. Hear me <laughs> out, Annie. Hear me out. because um, I'm not gonna let me not go crazy on this one. But what I mean by that is we we everybody knows Atlanta is super talented. Like Matt Ryan's putting up like gaudy numbers. Yes. They're unbelievable. Like really Julio is almost unguardable, right? Some of those defensive players are legit like beasts. But there's something about that confidence piece of hey, we're we're in the game. You saw what happened in Dallas, you saw what happened in. Uh, when they play Chicago, right? We're still in this game, so that that gives the opposing team a confidence to know. I remember when I was in college, we were playing Texas Tech. Like we were down by twenty-one in the fourth quarter, and we we knew. And we were you played win. for we were, Texas, right? I played for yeah, I played for University of Texas, and back we went to the national championship and and all the things. Like we were mopping up, you know, all the other teams, right? And so we knew it's like are we this is this is Texas Tech. at the, I mean, I'm, and they're better. They're I'm sure they're mm-hmm. better now, but mm-hmm. we knew we were going to win. We came back, and we scored twenty-four points in the fourth quarter, and we won by three. And that's the mindset people have with Atlanta. And until they get a new culture, that mindset's not going to leave.
0: See, this is why you're my people, Sam, because we can go like deep into hearing God and deep into months (laughs) long of God pursuing you and telling you the same story. And then we can talk real hard stuff about the Falcons (laughs) and about what other other teams know. I love talking. I mean, really, I I think, Healthy life is being able to talk about your favorite restaurant and what God's saying to you and your Atlanta Falcons in the same conversation.
1: Yes, Those yes. Are my favorite absolutely. Things.
0: Tell me one more well, let's talk one more sports thing. Let's talk about the home team pod for just a minute.
1: Because yes. everybody's
0: grabbing let the world see you when it comes out tomorrow. They should yes. also be listening to the home team pod.
1: Yes, absolutely. So the home team podcast, I'm me, I'm really excited about it. It's me, it's Samantha Ponder who's a host. Of Sunday Countdown on on you know, ESPN, and then Steve Carter, who's the man. He's an itinerant pastor. He lives out in in Cali. He has a really cool uh, you know series on IG called The Evening song. Oh, isn't it beautiful? So it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a it's, a, it's an intersection of sports, faith, culture, and social issues, right? And even family too, because we're all uh, parents, yeah. And, you know, married, and all the things, and but also we love sports. Uh, we love Jesus. And we also we we can't ignore what's going on in culture, and so yeah. uh, that's our podcast, and we love it. We uh, it's funny the day we started. And this will be my last little story about the podcast, but we had the idea and kind of got our assembled the team, and we were going to meet up in Arizona to go and record mm-hmm. day one of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even going to be a real episode. It was going to be let's just like see if we even like each other and see if this is yeah. even going to be good. And I was getting ready to get on the to go to the airport uh, for to record the next day, and and that's. We have found out that Kobe had died.
0: Oh wow!
1: Unexpectedly, so nobody yeah. knew. Nobody knew. Like obviously, it was like one of those things where it came out of nowhere. When like he was sick or anything, it was a helicopter crash. Him and yes. Gianna and I believe nine other people died in this helicopter crash. And so, I remember getting a text from Sam saying, "Hey guys, like I don't know if I can do this tomorrow." Mm. We're like, and people wonder, like, "Man, like you didn't you didn't play with Kobe? He's not one of your friends. What is it? What do you?" why do you care so much? But like for me and for Sam, even for Steve and for anybody who loves basketball or even sports, like Kobe was an icon Mm -hmm. in some ways. And yes, there was like, there was, I I believe we're all beautiful and broken, right? So I think there's some, there's some brokenness as well in him, but just looking at what he did on the court, like the majesty of what he did, Mm -hmm. right? To see him gone and even what he's doing off the court, right? I'm not ignoring the, the, the the brokenness, right? There's brokenness there, but Like to lose him, it was jarring. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. seem real, Mm -hmm. and so I remember we got on. I got on the flight, landed, and I was even scared to get on the flight because I was like, "Man, helicopter's going down." I don't know about this. Uh, I was on Spirit that day too. I was like, "Man, I don't know about the Spirit airline." (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, um, and so we landed, and and I was like, "Hey, if we don't need to do this, like that's totally okay." Like, and Sam responded, "She's like, no, let's just, you know, I'm good." We pushed it back a little bit, and that first. First episode, it's a, it's honestly like a two-hour episode. What yes. even supposed to be recorded? But we just were talking about Kobe and about life and about heroes and villains and, and we were talking for like an hour and a half. And then we were like, hey, maybe we should press record.
0: No. So we, yes, I'm
1: so serious. And so we press record, and then the, what you hear on episode one is that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so really, we call it the Home Team Podcast, but in all reality, we call it like the Home Team Small Group because before we even press record. That's we're what Steve always says life. to me,
0: as he calls it, yeah. y'all <laughs> Yes,
1: yeah, so we talk about life for about an hour or so. And it's yeah. like, hey, maybe we should record this podcast. And so, yeah. yeah, the Home Team podcast, go listen, go check it out. You know, we just kind of finished up season one, so we're really pumped about that. Uh, and, that's, and you know that's, what I uh, actually
0: loved about it is y'all started in February. First episode is middle of February. And mm-hmm. then from March till July, there are no sports.
1: Pandemic. And you're a sports pod,
0: right? <laughs> but what it did, what it did allow, was the space for us as listeners of your show to mm. hear you talk about racial injustice, mm. and to hear you talk about the pandemic, and to hear you talk in real time about what's going on in America. And even there's a whole episode called "Shelter in Place," and mm. each of you tell your story on a whole episode that probably wouldn't have happened in April if there would have been playoff baseball. Right. And and so it just feels like my overarching theme about your life and this story is that the Lord just does exactly the right timing in a real visible way with your life. Mm, And and that seems really true, even with the home team podcast that everything lined up. And now y'all are talking about sports and we get to hear you do this deep dive stuff. Uh, on all sorts of different sports things too. But I, but because y'all set the pace of we talk about our real lives and we talk about racial injustice and we talk about what's going on in America, any time that comes back around, your audience isn't going to be like, what a weird left turn. They're like, no, this is who we know they are already.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's coming from the podcast, like queen over here. Now. I listen, hey, I, I'm I, a huge I fan that.
0: of y'all. Yes, you know that. Yes. Hey, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? I got one man, more question for say, you, but anything else?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can go with the question, but, uh, and then, and then, I mean, the biggest thing is I'm just pumped about this book, man. I just can't wait tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Go, tomorrow. Get the book, read it, leave a review. I can't wait. But, uh, but that's, I mean, that's literally like my joy.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you my big piece of advice that our listener friends have heard me say 55 times at this point. Mm. Tonight, the Monday night before your book comes out on Tuesday is the night you should celebrate. Don't wait Mm. and see what kind of numbers happen. Don't wait and see who shares it and whether Mm. every famous person you ever met tells people to read it. What you need to celebrate tonight is you were obedient and you Mm. did the work and you did what 99% of people who dream of writing a book don't do. And so tonight's the night you eat big. Tonight's the night y'all get a cake. The night mm. before a book comes out is the night you really celebrate because you've already been obedient. God's already pleased. He's not Amen. looking for a list. He's not looking for how many books are sold or how many influencers do what they do. You've already pleased him, and y'all should celebrate before the book comes out.
1: Amen. I got you. So, I receive that, and I'm doing it.
0: Y'all party. Um, okay, the last question we always ask, Sam. Well, for starters, you know you are welcome back here anytime. Please, please come on back anytime. But the last question you always ask, because the show is called "That Sounds Fun," tell me what y'all do for fun,
1: man. So what we do for fun with, especially with my little five year old, we play a game, and it, I don't, it's not—it's getting less and less fun the bigger he gets, uh-huh. uh, and he's a big kid, right? But we play a game called the fight game. Okay. And so it's literally like him just tackling me or punching me or pushing uh-huh. me, right? So that's what like with my with my son, with my daughter, <laughs> she just loves like she just loves like. Taking care of people and things, yeah. and so it's like, Daddy, Daddy, I want to, you know, eating. fake, She calls it "fank food," right? Oh. So she makes food, like, fank food, and uh, my little two-year-old is—he just, he's just a, you know, he's a victor. He just does his thing. He just conquers things. And my wife and I, what we love, we love to eat, and yes. so like. And y'all are in is,
0: Chicago, like, right?
1: Well, we're actually in Texas now. We're spending, oh. we're, you know, because of the pandemic or because the pandemic, we were in Chicago and we had been missing our family for a bit. So we said, let's just yeah. go and spend time with families. So we went back to Texas and and we've been spending time with uh, my my family and my wife's family. Now they, a lot of her family moved from Nigeria and a yeah. lot of them are in Texas. So we're, what um, part
0: of Texas uh, are y'all in?
1: So we're in Dallas. We're in Dallas. Okay,
0: where are you eating? Tell me the tell me the places that y'all are like. If yeah. y'all have a date night and you got your oh, masks on, where are you going to Hey,
1: we got one tonight. We're going to a restaurant called Hillstone. And my wife loves okay. it. It used to be called, well, there's a restaurant called Houston's, which a lot of people know from oh, yeah. Texas. And so the Houston's we used to always go to. they just closed down because the people who own the land, like they just shot up rent like three times what it was. Maybe because, so they're like, hey, we're out. Maybe because of COVID. And so we go to Hillstones. Every Thursday, you're going to catch us at Hillstones. And that's where we go. So we love to eat. Um, love to kind of just dream we'll, every now and again we'll get a chance to find like a court and play basketball yeah. or, or race or something she's super competitive Martha's <laughs> the most competitive person so that's what we do for fun
0: that's funny that a professional athlete's wife is the most competitive person in the family hands down
1: absolutely absolutely
0: <laughs> I love it well Sam I can't wait to tell everybody about the book and to make sure they grab a copy thanks for making time to do this today I'm so grateful
1: no thank you so much Annie it was so much fun being on with you
0: we'll do it again man absolutely Oh, friends, don't you love him, my gracious? I mean, I will take any friend any day that can jump from talking about hearing God to talking about sports, to talking about podcasting, to talking about family, to telling us how he met his wife. Listen, I am here for these kind of friends. His new book, Let the World See You, releases tomorrow. Make sure you go ahead and grab a copy for yourself, for any of your friends that you think would enjoy hearing the story. And even as you're thinking toward Christmas, what a great book to add to the pile of things you're given to the young men in your life, to any athletes in your life, really to any of us that are growing in our faith. So make sure you grab a copy or a few of Let the World See You. And make sure you follow Sam on Instagram. Tell him thanks so much for being on the show today. And if you haven't checked out Home Team Podcast, you should, you should. I love it. I don't think it's a stretch to say it's my favorite sports pod. I absolutely love it. Hey, if you need anything else for me, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and as always on YouTube at Annie F Downs TSF. Like that sounds fun. And I think that's it for me today, friends. I hope you have a great week. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with another Broken-hearted Atlanta Falcons fan, Lecrae will be here with us on Thursday to talk about his new book as well. We'll see you guys on Thursday.